Hello and welcome to another episode of Bravo Outsider. We've got a great show ahead of us. We're ready to talk about Real Housewives of Orange County Season 17, Episode 7 and Real Housewives of New York Season 14, Episode 2. Joining me, as always, is my co-host Dylan Ferguson. Dylan, how's it going? Great. Stoked. Awesome. Minimalist Stoked reply well. today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting for the prop or some sort of sight gag here, but uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll come up with something uh, by the end of the show. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, each week we bring on someone who doesn't follow Bravo and get them to watch the episodes in order to get their perspectives. This week joining us is Sean O'Rourke. Yes, hello. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I, I, that's one of my favorite taglines. <laughs> we all know it. Sound, it sounded like it. Luann. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't I be like grabbing the mic from someone aggressively? <laughs> yeah, that's how you open cabaret. Uh, glad, glad to have you back, Sean. You were on for our Vanderpump recap episodes, and I think w- an episode where we covered New Jersey. And now we've got you here to talk about Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Orange County. Um, do you have any past experience with either of these uh, shows? Yeah. Well, first of all, returning champion. Thank you. Um, Orange County, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe like when it was pretty new, like 2011 or 12, Orange County was the Real Housewives show. Actually, Orange County and New York were the two that I sort of kept up with, um, but then haven't watched in a long time, uh, which is similar to my experience with Vanderpump Rules. Um, but like... I was sort of excited because New York was the one I, New York and Orange County were the ones I had the most memories of, but particularly the characters in New York. Um, yeah. And then much to my surprise, this whole season is like, um, like a the hard reboot. Um, but anyway, we're getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've got a little bit of experience, but again, not in the past decade. So it's pretty fresh. So obviously on New York, there's not going to be anyone that you recognize, but on Orange County, were there any characters that you recognize from the time that you were you were watching it? I think so. Uh, Orange County feels like the one, the most like Stepfordy one, where they're all or mostly yeah. the same, like except for um, I'm I just I'm blanking on names so far. Um, Emily, who is like, there's a couple that have a different hair color basically, but most of them are all sort of blonde and like yeah. <laughs> look and act the same. So I think Tamara is it maybe was on but i can't i'm not confident yeah tam tamra was on like i think season three or something like that is when she I, in my head i have the sense that um, so yeah that would make that sense that her husband at the time because i get i think she they mentioned her being divorced but i i i feel like there's a scene early on of her husband at the time buying like impulse buying two watches for thirty thousand dollars and me being really mad at that <laughs> and i had like a a flashback memory, but I don't know if it was Tamara. I might just be throwing that on the first person that I vaguely recognized. Yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, let's get right into our recaps. Uh, were either of these like more compelling to you? Is there anyone that you want to start with in particular, Sean? Um, I think maybe well, let's do Orange County first, because I feel like that one has the more developed set of interpersonal thing dramas. Yeah, so, okay, I think that both of these episodes, uh, I think Orange County, there's a bit more to it right now. You can't really fault New York for that since it's just getting going, and it seemed like it was setting up a lot, so, um, you know, it it gets a pass. Uh, but yeah, Orange County, I feel like there's a lot to talk about here. Do you want to start with what your, your highlights were? Or actually, let's start with your first impressions on on the housewives here. Anyone stand out to you? Um, I think I took the most notes about Emily. I just found her the most interesting. And this, there is a lot of Emily like in this episode. We get a lot of shots of her home and stuff. Um, I also get the oh, sense yeah. that she might be a a bit younger than the bulk of them. Her and the um, the New York one, Gina. Yeah, Gina. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, get the sense that there's they're a little bit younger Uh, because like to me orange county feels like the gen x bravo show to vanderpump's like millennials 
kind of energy. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. But Emily and and Gina, I think, are contra that. Um, most of my notes are just about like weird stuff in her house. Like she has a little uh, nightstand with a mirror on the bottom shelf. And I have no idea why there's a mirror four inches off the ground. <laughs> um, you got to check out your toes. Yeah, I guess. You they do. There's an interesting <laughs> shot that like the dogs are playing and the, the camera's low to the ground and catching a mirror. I'm like, oh, that's like as cinematic as this gets. That's pretty neat. Um, but Emily, I think I just felt like the most human, like the least like Stepford robot kind of thing. Like she's talking about her childhood and her relationship with her mom and all that. Um, I also really do like very minor, but her husband seems like a normal schlubby dude. Like he comes home from work in like a polo shirt and a backpack, which again is so like <laughs> not the vibe of the rest of the Orange County feel. I think like the we're going to take a pink boat to a, what is clearly a four figure bill dinner at Nobu with like Tom Ford candles. And yeah. All that. Yeah. It's interesting that Emily's the one that stands out to you in terms of who is kind of like distinct from the Orange County lifestyle. Um, I would have like, I would have pinned that on Gina, just like out of the, the crew kind of mm. knowing them. Um, we don't really get a lot of, but Gina. in this episode, yeah, we, I have a lot of notes about Gina in this episode because I think that she had a fantastic performance that I want to talk about uh, a bit later, but, um, we didn't get a lot of her backstory mm-hmm. for sure in this. It was just kind of her being a very like active housewife socially. Um, but Emily has like this season, she had previously been like a practicing attorney and like was very career driven and she's kind of stepped back into, um, into her like home life and put her career on hold so that Shane can pursue his legal career. Um, and so that Annabelle can pursue her modeling career. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Be a full-time momager. But that, that really seems like she's actually trending towards the house, the real Housewives of Orange County kind of like Stepford, Stepford Wide mold. And she's, you know, kind of ebbing that way as opposed to, you know, I feel like she did kind of buck that persona for a long time, but it feels like she's kind of leaning into it this season. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, like not knowing any of the the backstory yeah, on, so. on any of this, it's... um. It's tough to backfill like what all the drama is. I did pull that like every other Bravo show, they're referring to girls trip drama. Seems to be like a big cornerstone of the whole thing. Yeah, totally. And I think that that's one of the reasons that we got to see a lot of Emily because she wasn't present on the the girls trip. And so now they're kind of like filling out and giving her her, her time. Um, I thought that this the scenes that we got between her and Shane at home where she has this emotional call from her mom, like, I don't know, that's that's kind of sweet. It's not the most compelling thing in the world, but it kind of helps round out her arc this this season. So, you know, I'm I'm not mad at it um are you sure (laughs) no yeah i you know what if if this was all that emily was doing this season then i'd be like okay let's get this over with let's move on but um i do think that she is doing some things that are interesting this season and um we see her needle during this like boat trip and like at nabu or nabu whatever the, the the restaurant is um we see her kind of needling and trying to make stuff happen. So I really appreciate that she is, you know, trying to do something here. Um, you know, I, I feel like there was a, a time where she kept like tea, teeing up Tamara to like make digs at, at Jen. She was really like, you know, serving up the, the alley-oop to Tamara and really like pumping her tires and, trying to get her to like go at Jen. And it was really effective because, you know, we did see that that conflict happen on the boat, but we're probably getting ahead of ourselves once we start talking about that scene. So um, uh, did you have any other, any other thoughts on the, uh, the cast here or did you want to jump into your highlights? Uh, I'm going to go to the, my highlights, I guess. Um, I think like, I'm, I'm sure it's a highlight for everybody, but like the weakest napkin throw of all time 
to start a fight. <laughs> really, really love that whole scene. Have you ever seen a strong napkin throw? I've seen stronger than yeah, that. Napkin's not an easy thing to <laughs> throw. But you can you can ball it up a little <laughs> bit. You can get you know get some get sure. like a trebuchet action. You can throw it harder than just sort of like <laughs> wafting it over while while yelling at someone. Um, that whole thing, like the whole thing of that's Tamara, right? Throwing it in the napkin and then like storming yeah, out right. and like coming back and like I need tequila to nobody in particular is like really good, really good TV. <laughs> Love that whole scene. Yeah, this was a this was a like a definite highlight for me, and I think one of the most interesting things during this this whole episode to happen was not just the the napkin throw, but kind of the the like the fallout from it because i think yes it was like a great tv moment for Tamara to create she really leaned into that but i think that she kind of let she kind of exposed herself um and gave some opportunity because like she shouldn't have left the table is what i'm trying to get at she should not have left the table after that you know she should have like stayed at the table and like stepped on Jen's neck to like finish her off and make like Jen storm out so that she wasn't the one to like storm off because as soon as she did Gina immediately capitalized on this and while she was like outside of the restaurant or doing whatever she was doing with Shannon the deck was reshuffling real fast at that table and there's all sorts of alliances that were like you know the the relationships were were changing so fast and like everyone was was talking and you know tam if tamra was there that wouldn't have happened and tamra could have like stayed on top of what was happening socially within this group but but you know she yeah. left and my favorite part about that is that when she comes back she asks that acting coach who's like randomly there and barely knows anybody <laughs> for a recap she's like kind of like what did i miss the acting yeah. coach is like um okay yeah so gina was saying that she feels like uh, like uh, she's a fake friend because it's, just, it's so great that she just turns to her for a, a recap <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> yeah that, <laughs> that's amazing it also speaks to like Tamara's sense about being a housewife like it seems like she like hurried back to that table once she kind of realized mm-hmm. that you know maybe I need to be present for the, the fallout on this and like immediately turned to someone who has really no skin in the game to like like okay can you like catch me up <laughs> in an unbiased way also, she immediately switches from like having throwing a napkin at somebody to like satirizing the fact that she threw a napkin, like with like Jen still sitting right there fuming. It's yeah. just I love <laughs> how like quickly things move in Tamara's mind. It's just like popping balls all over the place, like one of those little kids' toys where you push little like fake vacuum and balls are popping. Just every it's just constantly shifting in her mind. She is she is such a chaotic mind. It's so beautiful. I, I I loved watching Tamara's performance throughout that whole thing. I love watching her go to the bar and saying to some random guy, "I hope you get snatched tonight." Uh, <laughs> I love, and, and and I love that now that like Shannon's like um, made up with Tamara, Shannon's just like her like sidekick, just like trotting around, being like slightly shocked and befuddled, and be like, "Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Oh, you shouldn't have done that the whole time." While she's just just going off, just being a fucking nut. Yeah, Shannon is the Rick to Tamara's Morty. <laughs> um yeah i i thought that this this scene was amazing i thought we got like one of the the best confessionals of the episode was when emily was like how many napkins need to smack you in the face before before you say something negative about tamra (laughs) because it's more than one (laughs) yeah (laughs) um one other thing that I really liked about this scene was how Gina handled Heather. Like um, I've said it like many times on this podcast so far. I think that Gina's just having like such a fantastic season, both like coming across very authentic and how she's managing relationships, but also it's like very strategic. I think she's like, she's seeing the, the playing field for what it is. And she's, really knowing how to kind of like uh handle the the relationships and i think she does a really good job with heather here she comes pretty close to like almost overplaying it a bit because it seemed like she was like really dwelling on things but um i think she 
got her point across to Heather really well. And, you know, she made sure that she got like confirmation from Heather and Heather was like, yes, I, I hear what you're saying. And like, mm-hmm. I'm going to work on that. Um, I think like she did a great job of kind of reestablishing the foundation of a like really mutually beneficial relationship with Heather strategically. If Heather continues on, on this show and, um, you know, building up a, a side of pawns that she's able to manipulate to make things happen in this world. I think it was a really good move to to reconcile with Jen as well, too, for, for Gina. Um, I don't totally agree with you that she's been having a great season. I, I, I felt that her season's been a little rough because I feel like... Um, she's been trying to she's been trying to, to work it she's been trying to stir shit cause problems which is good but i feel like she's been doing it in kind of an artless way where it feels like she's just not minding her own business and she's been getting a lot of blowback for it and i think that she's been kind of deserving the blowback because she's been indelicate about it but this episode in particular i, I agree that i think she's been doing a good job uh, getting a uh, uh, kind of mending fences and getting in a stronger position and uh and i think that like butting heads with uh with jen over and that's the other thing that i i find uh a little bit hard to like about gina is that she's her criticisms have been like very like um judgy and puritan i feel and uh that's just very yeah self-centered sure yeah and um and i think like her attacking jen based on like i i i i understand that you've been somewhat um uh, indiscreet in, in your relationships or in, in like, that's, that's a no go for me. It's triggering for me. And, and I get that it comes from a personal place. So I just add that, but I thought it was a bad look for her because it's also burning bridges and makes her look like just like very judgmental. And so for her to like make a, a huge effort to like bury the hatch with Jen, I thought was a, was a good move for her. She needed, um, she needed that ally back. And uh, I, I agree that when she, gets like really into to needling Heather and gets Heather to like concede that she was wrong. That was a, that was a strong move as well. Heather was kind of being a punching bag this whole episode and she deserved it. <laughs> said some bullshit in the past couple of episodes. Yeah. Uh, and to Gina, especially like when she said that, that shit about like, like, yeah, your boyfriend's probably tired of putting up with your shit or whatever the fuck she said. Like she's, she's, <laughs> she said some dumb, dumb ass shit. So like if, if she's been taking her blows this episode, she's, she's deserved those blows. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, I think she's handled, handled them well. Like she's like taken them and, you know, um, in stride Hmm. um but just to like you know come to gina's defense a little bit again i i feel like you know she's not that far removed from this infidelity with um you know this is still like fresh and this relationship is still kind of like feeling itself out like she only joined i think three or four seasons ago and she was married at that time so Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like she's so far removed that this is like so astounding that it would be very like triggering for her it it -hmm. comes across as like more honest to me sure Um, i I think she is using it strategically too but like it does feel like an authentic like thing that upsets her I don't begrudge her having like a, a kind of traumatic reaction to something in her past. I begrudge her using that against Jen because it's like, uh, that's a YP, right? Like that's not like if you, if you're triggered by Jen, it's like not, it's because of, of, of problems that, that you've had in your life, which is like, which are, are real things and uh, you know, deserve sympathy and all that, but it's not, it's you shouldn't be taking that out on somebody else because they've had like a bit of infidelity in their life. And it just feels very like, judgmental to be like you shouldn't i don't want to be around you because it's it's like knowing things about your life is triggering to me yeah it's like you need to 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 figure out how to work on that on yourself it's it's something that you need to to own and figure out how to how to how to deal with rather than like accusing other people as though they're aggressing you with their existence because of their like personal history yeah, in the real world, yes. This is real housewife. <laughs> right. <so. laughs> um, but actually, like, I feel like she wouldn't be able to get away with this and people wouldn't, like, stand up for it. And she would be getting a lot more blowback that she would deserve if, you know, if Jen were playing her hand better and being a bit stronger. Um, mm-hmm. we, we just posted a video on our YouTube channel where 
we were talking about this a couple episodes. We got a clip where we're talking about the the weak decisions that Jen is making and how she could be using this situation and uh, in a way to make stronger choices and go on the offense a little bit. But she's just like she's just turtling and not like not doing anything with it and just like letting people kind of get their punches in as opposed to you know taking these attacks and like you know judoing them or aikido or whatever the one where you <laughs> flip people around is um judo's the one you know, where you use that's their that's what we really them. want to see and then aikido's the one that steven okay, seagal yeah. does so judoing <laughs> I- oh it's <laughs> that's the magic one right yeah the, aikido <laughs> is magic and um if it's so magical that it'll make a stunt man choke you out until you poop yourself so the story goes <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard that one, but it's not, it's not Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll do a video essay on that specific thing on Bravo outsider, outsider. <laughs> uh, but be on to Seagal outsider. I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't tell me. But she could be using these attacks and like, and turning them around. Um, she could be like, you know, well, that's your problem. And then using this as a position to like attack back and, she you does know, that a little bit with Tamara, right? When she insinuates that Tamara was also mm-hmm. like sort of uh, hidden on uh, on Ryan. His name's Ryan, right? Yeah, and then um, and then she, she only like seeds the idea, and I think that's actually a strong move to just seed the idea and then not look like you're being like petty, grasping at straws by trying to force it to just kind of imply like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to say anything more because I'm being the bigger person mm-hmm. and not being crazy like you. I think that's also a strong look too. Yeah. I I can see that. I don't think she's in the position to play that softly right now. Like, I think it's too late for her to, you know, to do that. Maybe, you know, it's easy for us to say as, you know, from the outside looking in. But, like, I think at this point she needs to come out strong. And anytime there's someone that is is saying oh well you know what gina maybe you're being a bit unreasonable here that's the opportunity that you have to really go on the attack when you've got people like rallied around you but she didn't do that on the the montana trip and she had like she hasn't done that any other time that we've seen her do that we haven't really like the fact that she's doing this against Tamara, just like ever so slightly but still not saying anything negative and not being very like offensive with it um it seems like it's too little too late against a foe that is too strong like Tamara already has so many people on her side that are you know that at the very least if they're not on her side they're not going to want to immediately come to jen of all people's defense uh in in this they're you know it, there's nothing that she can really provide them it, it's hmm. interesting that maybe the most likely person to do that would be oh. Gina. And that's the other person that she like has a very stressed relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, Sean, do you have, uh, do you have other highlights here? Um, mostly just like, like small stuff in terms of like the blow up at the restaurant is my big scene highlight. Um, but I really like, um, sorry, I'm just, perusing my notes to find his name there's the 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 guy who loves to grill that boyfriend that we only get a glimpse of john maybe he seems very aware of the camera okay yeah Uh, but that the little scene we get of um (laughs) him and uh shannon Mm -hmm. um yeah where they're making dinner and like she keeps opening the fridge and something keeps falling out and this is a wonderful, like, small domestic scene um, that just, I don't know, had me cracking up. This is this moment where she's talking about them getting another dog and stuff. And she says, like, I worry about another responsibility. It's like, yeah, you can't even open the fridge, right? I'm not sure if you guys watched the same version of this that I did, but it had this, like, almost pop-up video style, mm. like, commentary on it. Yeah, I thought that the, like, the pop-ups were really like painting John as being unreasonable. And it was like coming up next, John is going to like avoid commitment. And yeah. it was just him being like very reasonable. Yeah, it was, it was called like oh, um, never before seen like a uh, C E N E. Yeah. But like, that's why, why are you giving me a pop-up with a, a poor condensing of information? You're going to show me 
two seconds from now. Like, I don't understand what the purpose of that <laughs> And was. very biased. Like, yeah. I don't, I didn't get that he was like avoiding commitment. He was like very well, reasonable about. Well, okay. John had the, like the funniest moment of the whole episode for me, where when Shannon started to get like a little serious and she seemed to be like very getting in a pensive mood and she's like staring off into space. And then John is sitting across from her and he says, and I quote, okay, steak. <laughs> and stands up and walks towards the grill. That, that's his culture. He's like a middle aged guy. <laughs> it's like so funny. Those little pop ups are like an executive summary for someone who didn't have time to watch the episode. Like, just tell me what I'm supposed to feel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Hate John, Heather, psychopath, whatever. <laughs> But, like, was this not unreasonable? Like, Shannon does have, like, so much stuff going on. Like, why are you frantically trying to add another dog when you've already got two yeah. dogs? She's got to worry about the college. Well, I mean, too many I, dogs. I, I, I address that question. I, I address that why she feels that way. Like, interact with it in some way. <laughs> instead of just saying, steak, <laughs> and shuffling off. <laughs> you can't tackle these tough questions with, before getting some protein in you. <laughs> True, yeah. you got to nourish the, nourish the old think bell. <laughs> I think like John knows when Shannon is wearing something that hasn't off gassed enough and he's just not <laughs> going to engage. Okay. What? Yeah. That, yeah, this consignment store scene blew my mind. Um, the whole off gassing thing. Like we all, everybody has a thing they're weird about. Fine. Okay. You're going to buy secondhand clothes. Sure. Knock yourself out. But then they go and they're like, yeah. they get like a sweatshirt and a bag. It's like $3,300. Oh, yeah. The first thing was insane. <laughs> in, in, what? You're paying for the off-gassing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I take it the off-gassing thing is like a, a running running theme with, with her. Or did it just come up? Never, never so this was brand yeah. new information. It just came up. Yeah, okay. this is brand new. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I could not follow it. I was like Googling, like, is off gassing real? Like, what? <laughs> it got me worried <laughs> for a minute be before I was like, I should not be, I don't need to base my, any of my experience with the world on, on Real Housewives of Orange County and their concerns. Especially like, on what Shannon yeah, believes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shannon seems very far into woo woo shit, which is, which is great. Good for her. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to know what kind of targeted ads you're getting now, Sean, after that Google search. Oh my God. My. <sighs> Between watching stuff like for talking to you guys and all the other stupid shit I have to Google, it's just a, it's a nightmare. I'm getting a lot of um, Japanese ones lately. I assume from like, <laughs> I don't know, watching movies and the the phone microphone. But anyway, uh, uh, any other highlights, Sean? Um, okay, yeah, we covered the consignment. Um, no, I, I think those are the main ones for me. Just the and the, like the whole conspicuous, cons- like I know the Bravo universe conspicuous consumption is like a big part of that's part of the fun but this one's like on another level like i think i met met nobu and the tom ford candles and the silver chopsticks with Mm. the um oh by the way what do we think the actual japanese idiom for too fabulous to shovel shit is Like was it a literal she translation? Asked somebody to do that, and they were like, uh, "Whatever." They yeah. just wrote like some random shit because they knew that nobody's ever going to check up on it. Yeah, yeah. There was like someone on Fiverr that got that gig come across, and was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's just part of the credits to Acura that someone put on there. <laughs> uh, Dylan, what were your highlights from this episode? Um, if we could just go back to the scene with Emily a little bit. Um, if, first of all, I, I do think the delivery uh, on the part of Annabelle was was awesome when uh, Emily mentioned that they want to get slip inside slides and she says, for women? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> good showing from, from Annabelle there. But m- my favorite part, Sean, you mentioned that there is like a lot of great dogs always on the lookout for dogs. You know, they love a dog insert mm-hmm. in these shows. They love to get some B-roll of a dog and stitch them in. Often one of my favorite parts in all timer in the Emily scene when they show the dog with a coat on his head Togo. and he just looks like the most depressed dog you've ever seen yeah togo <laughs> and then but but the best part is like later on they like start to get a little more emotional she's talking about her mother she's going to get off the other room to talk on the phone and then we just get one more little shot of him still standing next to the door still not being let yeah. in still looking like the most depressed dog on earth <laughs> just a little
little insert of him just staring at you. And then, no, we're, we're done with that. <laughs> that was just a beautiful <laughs> little insert of, of the world's <laughs> saddest dog that people are laughing at, but never letting him inside, which is clearly all he wants. <laughs> uh, speaking of great dog content, how about the show opener where we got Ryan and his, like, his cowboy, okay. his cute little cowboy costume with his like straw in his oh, mouth, yeah. and like Tamara hands him his dog's ashes. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask because, like, not having any context here is 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 that Ryan always a cowboy, or is that like did he just get back from Montana with them, or what's the deal there? That's that's new this new this season. He's a he's a cowboy now. Oh, okay. Yeah. showed up at like a, at like a party they were having, and just like strolled in dressed in cowboy gear, and everybody's like, "Hey, he's a cowboy now!" It was so great. It yeah. was so amazing. His last okay. costume was like was like MAGA Ryan. He was like very, <laughs> very into the "Make America Great Again." And yeah, yeah uh, was he a January uh, 6th? a weird dude? <laughs> uh, oh, don't, probably. Don't check the tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um my actually my favorite person in this episode was shannon i thought shannon was amazing this episode and i i just really liked um the sentiment she expressed when you know uh everybody's like you know there's a lot of criticism going towards jen because jen's seeing this guy who is 110% going to cheat on her and and 120% already has cheated on her (laughs) and will again. Uh, And and everybody knows it, including presumably Jen on some level also knows it. Um, But Shannon uh, unexpectedly mounting a very like emotional defense of her uh, embracing this re- relationship regardless. Um, hmm. When she says, well, like on the verge of tears in a confessional, Jen may be an idiot, but let her figure that out on her own. <laughs> that that sounds like a dig in no. isolation, but the way she says it, she says it with passion and she says it with feeling and she says it with tears in her eyes. Like a parent. I felt that. That's a... Yeah. But that's that's a real sentiment that needs to be expressed. Yeah. Honestly, it, it is. It is. Sometimes you got to just do a, a fucked up relationship with a fucked up person because that's what you need. Maybe maybe she is getting like what she's getting out of this. Uh, you know, a good sex feeling important, feeling like she's, you know, the center of his, his world, getting some sort of validation. Maybe what she's getting is actually worth the price that she's going to inevitably pay. Uh, down the line. That's a hard conversation to have, but I feel like Shannon's gesturing towards that and she says something about like, you know, that's that's actually just what I want is like that, like somebody to like, uh, you know, make make me feel that important kind of thing. And 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 if it ends up being something painful down the line, maybe that's a trade-off that's sometimes worthwhile. And I and I thought seeing Shannon express that sentiment and being very emotional about it was kind of moving and unexpected. And I, I really liked that a lot. I thought that I found it, I found it touching. Yeah, that's that's true. That is like totally a, a great take. And, you know, I think we didn't see what Jen's relationship was like prior to coming on this show with her husband. Like, who knows? She's already probably received a lot from, you know, this relationship with Ryan in terms of it giving her the the power to leave a relationship that she was ultimately un- unhappy mm-hmm. in. Um you know, too, so yeah. there's a lot of things that you can get out of a relationship that, you know, aren't necessarily the things that you immediately like think about as being a benefit. And um, you're right. I think that is something, you know, that Shannon kind of hints towards and uh, seems to embrace. So, yeah, that's that's a, a really good observation. Mm hmm. Yeah, so that was my favorite part. And also just like once again going on a boat wearing the worst possible footwear for being on a boat. <laughs> they why do they keep doing that? Somebody is literally gonna break their ankle before this show's over. I cannot <laughs> believe they keep doing that. Uh uh, I think we covered most of my highlights. Either of you guys have any other thoughts before we move on to New York? Um, Heather's terrible fucking dress that she wears to Nobu that where she looks like she's dressed like a bad Greek restaurant. What was that? <laughs> All these like <laughs> like a pastiche of like like welcome to Florida postcards or something. I, it was such a weird print. Absolutely insane. <laughs> 
that's about it <laughs> awesome well let's uh let's uh get into real housewives of new york before we get into highlights dylan i'm curious do your power rankings of the housewives of new york change uh after watching this episode um i don't think so no i mean i didn't really i don't think i power ranked all of them i think i mostly just said that i thought like jenna followed by uba were the ones who came out best and after a second episode my opinion hasn't changed like uh, yeah. i i do think basically through two episodes we are watching the jenna Lyons show and yeah. i and uh with like a a, a very fun supporting to turn by uba being fucking a bizarre human being yeah. <laughs> uh and and uh, nobody else has has come out and stood forward yet it's the second episode that will come i'm sure but you know yeah uh, wait and see but for now we're getting like a lot of like uh for me like really good emotional content uh from from jenna who's like such an immediately distinctive person and then like a bunch of other women like being there (laughs) um i'm still like we didn't see bryn basically at all this episode which i was disappointed by um friend of the show but (laughs) yeah friend of the show but we uh we're gonna see her next week uh, according to the previews so pretty stoked about that but i would agree like general gentle and uba are the two kind of standouts from this episode um and then in terms of like the rest of the women that we did see here i feel like i like what jessel is is bringing to this um i'm still like kind of unsold on aaron and and sai mm-hmm. um we haven't like sai hasn't been given a lot of opportunity she hasn't had like a lot of screen time and we're seeing her like um kind of take advantage of the screen time that she's getting, but it still has been a little flat for me, but Aaron has been getting a lot of camera time and it's not like, I don't know. I'm not very engaged by her yet. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Aaron feels like, Um, like replacement level at this point, housewife. Like you could plug any old housewife in there Um, mm -hmm. again with two episodes. Yeah. Still, still early in the season. A lot of baseball left. <laughs> uh, uh, Sean, what what were your highlights here? Um, well, I I agree that Jenna and Uba are like sort of a league of their own as the most interesting so far. I I really like. I love everything about Uba. Uba's like a she's like an alien who's come to Earth and is like <laughs> just delighting. Like. Um, do you guys ever see the that I think you should leave show the motorcycles sketch? I hope I don't have to go into quoting this <laughs> sketch show. One. Okay, well, forget that. <laughs> She's like a very like pure and innocent space alien who's just like delighting in the world around her and um it's just like so like fun to watch. I can't take my eyes off Uba. Like that little mission she goes on to, to get a sandwich at Provisions. That she's been talking about yeah. the whole ride <laughs> and there's this shot following her and she's like so excited that she can smell it and then it's closed and like but when she goes and um what was she smelling right <laughs> just, <laughs> just the hamptons um when they go she goes into like the the walk-in at that restaurant and takes a can yeah. of coconut milk but she's like oh my god you can never find this coconut cream anywhere look <laughs> yeah you have to get it's, like, the, well, it's um, just regular you, coconut milk <laughs> you live in new york city and you can't go get a a can of coconut milk <laughs> i'm sure you could go to any bodega and pick that right? up a child but she's never been to a bodega so she doesn't know <laughs> yeah like it's yeah it's 9 30 at night in winnipeg and i could walk down the street and get a can of coconut milk uh, but like yeah. love just everything about uba is amazing um yeah her proud uh proud starfish status um (laughs) my other big highlight is in a nutshell jenna but um it's this one moment in particular this is great juxtaposition where she's talking jenna's talking about her mom had uh i guess what at the time would have been asperger's and it's like i think it's like a pretty good emotional confessional like describing how her mom was diagnosed late in life and like 
I get a lot of like sympathy for that. Like it's got to be really hard growing up, hard for the mom, hard for the kid. And then we cut right to Aaron being like, basically like, yeah, we like Jetta, but her mom was a bitch and raised her wrong. And sometimes she acts like a bitch. <laughs> like to, the two, how to do and not do autism awareness in yeah. two shots. <laughs> I also, um, so I do have a note written here. Um, that says before I had their name straight, high levels of sympathy for autistic fashionista. And then right under that is I can is <laughs> but is the note where she explains that her mom has Asperger's and it's just me writing the word hmm. I you know what? I literally did the same thing in my notes. Literally, like in the first like 10 minutes of the episode, I wrote a note that says that's <laughs> that says Jenna has strong autism vibes in parentheses complimentary. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> what then, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and and then later on when she talks about her mom having Asperger's, Asperger's it, it like it made it a lot uh, more significant and deeper. Like uh, I guess what I mean when I say that it's not like in like a medical diagnosis sense, it's just that she's got this very compelling combination mm-hmm. of like uh, assured confidence while also being like really insecure <laughs> at the same time, like somehow simultaneously very insecure and very confident in a way that like to me reads as like autism vibes in like mm-hmm. a, in in a compelling, interesting way that I that I like. Uh, and um and and then when you you see her as somebody who is the, the the child of somebody who had autism that wasn't like diagnosed at the time, and that the way that she like really struggled with her childhood because of that, and then it you imagine her like being afraid of that part of herself too, because she doesn't want to be somebody who doesn't care the way that she saw her mother as being somebody who doesn't care. And that is just one of the many things that, that feed into this portrait we get of Jenna in this episode, which is a, a, a very rich one. Like we really get mm, yeah, to see totally. her, uh, her, her, we get to see a lot of her for like, you know, one single episode. Uh, that's like really, really interesting. Yeah. You get a lot of like yeah. stuff with her mom and like her, like kind of being forced to come out and like all in like a, Mm-hmm. A few scenes, you get so much of Jenna. Yeah, and the way that she discusses uh, discovering that she's gay as an adult uh, was really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like, really just, like, an interesting conversation of, like, the uh, the, the way somebody deals with their own sexuality and, and just, like, how, like, how way more complex those kind of things are than we generally think they are. It was just, like, a, a really, really interesting conversation to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I I love how... Uh, open and openly she like wears her wounds from everything. Like when there's, there's, I think it's like a flashback clip where they're talking about um, when her, her mother passed away shortly after her mother passed away. And um, I think it might've been Jessel or her mother was like, um, Oh, were you guys close? And she's like, no, not at all. And like, just like really Mm -hmm. like presenting these, these, uh, battle scars that she's got very openly. And I really appreciate that within uh, a reality star. And I thought it was interesting, the contrast that we get, because at the dinner, she talks about how she is seeing someone that she, it seems serious, but she doesn't want to bring them on the show, which is very, very uncommon for someone who is a full, like a full, like Apple holder or whatever they, they uh, hold on any of the other, franchises to not show their uh their partner uh, that part of their home life is very um uncommon but mm-hmm. um you know i can't really fault jenna for not because she's giving us like so much of herself on this um uh, in these first two episodes at least that um you know i don't feel like i'm only getting you know half of the the picture. I, I feel like we're getting, you know, a very full uh, picture of, of Jenna Lyons. Yeah. And as somebody who was, again, like publicly outed basically against her will, you could understand why she would be a little cagey about these things while also wanting to be a reality TV star, which is a, which is yeah. a, a great uh, duality of her, uh, yeah. of her, of her persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I really like, I thought the story of, that she told about how she was outed and how she like, you know, the words just came out of her mouth where she confirmed it to the post. I thought that that was a, like, I don't know. I thought it was very interesting. And like, I thought the way she told that story was like, there was great tension in it and um, it was just compelling. And I don't know, just, just a great story. Mm -hmm. 
Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh, my, my other like little highlights, um, when they go to the restaurant, um, and Uba has to face North or face away from North, whatever it is. Uh, there's two, two amazing things. She's just in that moss. Scene. She's literally yeah. moss. Well, Cause it's true North. <laughs> That's her whole explanation. But the two little amazing things that stand out to me is, I don't know who, but someone's like, Oh, like, is that Mecca? I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and then the other one, I don't remember who, but it might be in a confessional and someone's like, of course, Uba's going to bring a compass to the restaurant. No, she brought her phone. She didn't bring a, it's not yeah. like, oh, the <laughs> weirdo brought a compass. She brought an yeah, iPhone I know. to the restaurant. Yeah. And she's like, I have a compass on my phone. I'm like, I, I have an iPhone 5 yeah. and has a compass on yeah, it. Right. Like, it's not, to, it's not it's a cool. new thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. No, of uh, course. Any she, other highlights, Sean? Um, oh, I do like, uh, I really appreciate the, the spirit of, um, is it Jessel? Uh, yeah. teasing for next time because it's new season. They, they don't have, there's not like a rich backstory of dramas. So in the tease where they're like creating the drama, um, just really love the, like the fighting spirit to go out there and create that about the, you know, the Grinch Christmas tree lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you know what? Though, in Jessel's defense, that was a, a terrible fit for her. It looked bad. I on agree. Her. No, I totally agree. It was a bad agree. choice. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, because I, I, I see, like, they're trying to make it out into a thing, like, she's being a bitch to Jetta. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But also, it did look really bad on her. It was poorly picked for her. She got the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> you could totally. see, you could see yeah. how it, like, completely changed her posture when she put it on. Like, she's, like, hunched over and, yeah. like, so yeah. <laughs> insecure and, like, feeling awful about it. Uh, I I felt bad for her, but I'm very excited to see what sort of conflict this creates. Yeah, and also to like spend the whole episode being like, "Ha ha, you don't fuck your husband," and then give yeah. her like the frock <laughs> yeah. of lingerie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of mean. Here's your cloak. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe your husband will fuck you if he doesn't have to look at any of your skin. <laughs> Yeah, which is true. When she's talking about, like, she's insecure about her cesarean scar, and they're like, maybe you could cover it up. Like, is that the best answer? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could wear a shroud with a hole in it. Okay, guys, come on. (laughs) Okay, we need to reboot this series again. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, what were your highlights from this? Um, I don't believe the caviar caterers are real professional caviar caterers. I don't believe that exists. I think that she's these a are caviar people... mermaid, actually, and she was You're... on Watch What Happens Live. Really? <laughs> yeah. She... <laughs> Wait, why is she a mermaid? <laughs> That's she, the name is of her, are business her own eggs? Just color me intrigued. <laughs> If we post this on Instagram, she's going to have to rebrand. That's, that's awful. I thought those were just like two kids from the neighborhood that she hired to go get Pringles at the corner store at Provisions. <laughs> I, I assume that there are two people who like just put out a bunch of like bullshit like Craigslist ads waiting to get any hit. Just being like, yeah, we're the foie gras specialists if you want to answer this <laughs> ad. Like, <laughs> they're actually like performance artists. Yeah, <laughs> and then whatever somebody answers to, they'll be like, "Okay, yep, sure, that's we'll get a couple of tins yeah. from the store and show up and like and, and just talk some bubble jumbles." It'd be like, "Yeah, we picked up a tube of Pringles, so this is a thing." <laughs> it's literally just caviar on Pringles and caviar on like yeah. cucumbers and maybe some cream cheese yeah. or something. Yeah, which I mean, caviar is great, so I, I guess sure, you can, like, yeah, I mean, you can put it on a lot of things. But it's like a, a caviar, a professional caviar consultant. Is that really what? All right, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. Do you, know what a, the... do you know what a ghost kitchen is? Like yeah. on yes. the delivery service? Okay, yeah. So maybe it's like that, except you know, oh, that's yeah. kind but of like, a, it's a that's high for like end. fleecing yeah. rich people in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, actually, Private I do have changed my mind. I love them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, and and I, I do think caviar is great. I love caviar, but I, I do think it's really funny to be like in somebody's house and you're really hungry and they're just like, we only have caviar on, on individual Pringles. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> eat as much as you like, but that's the only thing you can eat. Yeah. It's really funny. Got it on regular and dill pickle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's the one thing I don't like much about Jenna is her aversion to dill. Yeah, me too. <laughs> What do you got? The only thing about Jenna that's not related. (laughs) Say it to me, fucking face, Jenna. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other than that, I would just like a few more highlights from Uba being the the most bizarre, ethereal weirdo. Um, She very briefly said that she smoked weed once and ended up in the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what were you doing? What? <laughs> what were you doing so wrong? <laughs> doesn't she say it like, I smoked weed once? No, hospital or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, she says something about like how they used to tell the, the tie back in the day. She's like, they used to use the sun. They'd lick a finger and hold it up. Like, girl, what? <laughs> Those also, are two different things. You can still, <laughs> you can still use the sun to tell you what time of day it is. Yeah, like, <laughs> just look up a finger, or like, a finger and hold it up. Or if you want to know where north is, you can like use the sun. <laughs> There's a very brief clip of her, her near the end eating an orange in the most fucked up way I've ever seen somebody eating an orange. I don't know if you noticed it. It was like a second long. But she's holding like half an orange and smushing it and like pouring the juice and pulp into her mouth, which is just, <laughs> just very strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's about it. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, all the shots of, of women slurping oysters while Jenna's talking about discovering that, she, that she's gay. It's yeah. it also good work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's also, it's really yeah. refreshing to have, um, sorry to interject, but to have a, a housewives universe with, um, two people who don't drink. Because, like, mm-hmm. I feel like these shows mm-hmm. run on alcohol. Yeah, that's true. I think it's becoming, a, like, a little bit more common. Like, we're seeing at least one person that is sober on most of these casts because they've got, like, yeah, a history of alcohol, and that's kind of got them where yeah. they are. But, um, yeah, that that was noticeable for sure. It's mm. uh, refreshing. Did you guys have any other highlights here? That covers it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that about covers most of what I wanted to talk about. I did want to circle back to Jessel mentioning that she hadn't had sex in like two years. Um, I'm curious as to what you think about, you know, if this cast was not like a cast of pure rookies, if this would play out any differently than it has. Like, I feel like here it is... You know, it's notable. It's making for an episode of content, but um, I get the sense that it's going to be mostly dropped and not discussed again. Um, but if this was a cast with, you know, if Jessel was the only rookie on the cast, I feel like that is going directly into someone's back pocket to make a big deal of in order to, you know, use in some way, whether it's a deflection from some of their own shit or, you know, if they need something to really like make a deep cut on, on Jessel for. Yeah. I can see that coming up again. I, I, I think you shouldn't underestimate the, the possibility that comes, that, that comes up again in a feud. Uh, that and the fact that Jessel apparently was just like, you know, eventually married her roommate. <laughs> yeah. Which is, <laughs> that's far <laughs> more just, damaging. He was, he was just narrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For me, that's the bigger indictment. That like he was just there long enough that eventually her parents were like, well, you know what? You might as well. And she was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good enough. Yeah. I wonder why yeah, they're this not is a rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a, a, a rough episode for Jessel because we it also is. had a, a, a scene where Jenna like calls out her fashion choice. She calls her like a fashion yeah. victim. Well, I mean, she was wearing two brand names on her at the same time. <laughs> Even yeah. I and know. she's a fashion like, influence, yeah. influencer or something like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> As Jenna says, like, she's a fashion influencer. Yeah, it was a... It, Jenna got... Or Jessel got her, her licks in this episode for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how she responds because I do think that she is, like, a pretty just likable... She has a very likable personality. So 
Um, I want to see her rebound from this and make some make some waves. Overall, I think mm-hmm. this is a very likable cast for mm-hmm. the most part. Um, you know, everyone think- seems fun and engaging. So uh, excited to see what comes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the in this episode, it's like. Aaron is like the closest thing to a villain or a heel, but just kind of reaching to yeah. like create some drama. Everyone's still finding yeah, their totally. voice, I think. Mm. Um, before we close things out here, I want to try a new segment at the end of our shows where we identify something that is hunky-dory and something else that should rot in hell. Uh, it can be multiple things or it can be one thing um we'll just kind of go around the the horn um dylan uh we'll we'll start with you uh do you have anything that is hunky-dory or can rot in hell um jenna's vintage mercedes is hunky-dory as far as i'm concerned that was pretty i'm not 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 necessarily a car guy by any means but uh that was pretty slick uh a vintage mercedes that i really liked and i really like that she follows it up with stepping out of it wearing the worst fucking jeans i've ever seen which i assume is <laughs> some sort of a statement so I'll, I'll give her marks for that i guess <laughs> yeah, totally who is hunky dory <laughs> yeah agreed Jenna Lyons is hunky dory or her car is very hunky dory and she is too. Uh, just a great showing from her yeah in, in all ways. uh Sean how about yourself well um I well I do have to say Pringles and caviar does seem like a hunky dory combination to me um mm. so I, I I do have to shout out the like expensive stoner food <laughs> yeah uh, very very hunky dory this is just an excuse for me to play these these clips by the way like it doesn't have to be related to bravo at all what you pick if it's just something else that you want to plug or something else that you want to like gripe about uh a quick um it can be that a quick rod in hell to the amptp and the universal executives who apparently trimmed the shade trees yeah uh, out from over the rot in hell rot in hell Raw hair. <laughs> Why did that come out cockney? I, I, I just wish I was Brittany. Uh, and, and you know, I think they got fined like $250 for that or something, which is there's another rotten hell moment from oh, the city of Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That'll stop them. Yeah. Uh, um, I've I've got a few things written down here. Um, so first, we're gonna off, be here for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> first off, uh, Lance Bass is hunky dory. Hunky dory. Um, so, <laughs> just in general. Okay, so I was, ju- yeah. Well, yeah, sure. Just in general, but I was. I got like a notification on Instagram that Lisa Vanderpump was going live, which is something that like has never happened to my knowledge. So I like jumped on and it was actually Lance Bass. He was showing Lisa and Ken how to like go on Instagram live. And like, <laughs> it was like showing your parents how to, uh, how to use the, the app it was, uh, so it was really amazing. <laughs> so he, so he is hunky dory. Um, he's probably going to get accused of putting a virus on their computer for for doing that if he's anything like my parents. But <laughs> um, the other thing that uh, that is hunky dory, uh, Bethany Frankel, hunky dory. She is advocating for a reality TV star union. Um, mm. which is something that we talked about on a past episode that we had yeah. with comrade Brit, uh, of soy track. Um, glad to see her speaking out about this because it's definitely something that I think would be beneficial, you know, offer these people the protections that they deserve. We're seeing yeah. the impact that a union can have within Hollywood and, you know, the reality TV industry definitely needs this. So it's awesome to see, um, there has been a little bit of like blowback against Bethany because on some of the reality shows that she produced, she had contracts that were, you know, um, uh, not exactly the most, you know, worker friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that, you know, she deserves to be held accountable, but also I feel like the fact that she doesn't, you know, pass a 
you know, a purity test that shouldn't undermine the fact that, you know, this is what she's advocating for now. It is, it is important that this gets established. And, um, you know, I don't think that we should be looking for ways to, um, undermine the movement just because one of the loudest voices is, mm-hmm. um, you know, that doesn't pass that purity test. Like, yes, hold them accountable, but also like, you know, let's leverage the the platform that they have and, and work towards, you know, creating better conditions for the workers. So, um, Bethany Frankel, her work is, is hunky dory for me. People Absolutely. that are trying to undermine the labor movement can rot in hell. <laughs> totally. And, you know, we when, when the writer strike started, we like you mentioned, Craig, and we had a couple episodes where we discussed it and the way that reality TV has kind of a noxious history as being used as a strike breaker uh, form of television for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and, but the other side of, uh, of that is that now that we, you know, we've got an actor's strike going on, the, the reality TV, TV performers typically aren't, uh, aren't, uh, part of SAG. They aren't part of the actors unions, uh, either. And that's something that needs to change and they need to be recognized, uh, as unionized actors and potentially as unionized writers. If, uh, if, you know, if nobody else in the show is going to be, to be getting those, those credits, then maybe the performers themselves should be getting the writer's credits and, uh, there should be, uh. And uh, the best way for reality TV to like overcome uh, its stigma as being like anti-labor uh, television is uh, is for the people within the industry to work hard to uh, to unionize. Uh, their sector of the industry is uh, as untraditional and difficult as it might be. And if uh, if Bethany is leading the charge, more power to her. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. Uh, the last the last thing is who is hunky dory Raquel or Rachel? Dory? Sorry, she prefers to go by Rachel now officially. So uh, oh, really? I prefer to, I, pre- I prefer to call her Raquel. <laughs> She's always Rocky the the fighter for me. So, um, <laughs> but uh, she, she is hunky dory for, um, in my opinion, making the difficult choice to. Um, surrender her dog to a trainer with 40 years of experience to try to um, avoid, you know, Graham being euthanized after biting her, her mom. Um, This would, would have been a very like difficult decision to make. And there are people that are, you know, twisting this and manipulating it to make it seem like this is uh, puppy gate 2.0. Like we've got another Lucy, Lucy apple juice situation here. (laughs) Um, because apparently during, uh, the Vanderpump rules cast trip, uh, in Tahoe last week, Lisa Vanderpump found out that Graham had in one way or another ended up in a shelter and brought him to James. And now, um, James has custody of Graham and has rebranded him as hippie, the dog. He's no longer, he's no longer Graham's name. Yeah. And such a good dog name. It is, <laughs> but so the the reports on this were very seemed very biased because it was like James was reunited with with Graham in Tahoe, and uh, according to our source, he is in puppy lessons, and they're already they're already working and curing his biting. It's like how did he cure aggression in a dog in you know a matter of days while he's on vacation in Tahoe? There's no way that that is true. Like you're overlooking it, just how much of a calm, level-headed presence James Cameron is. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, if you have a dog with aggression, like um, you know, that is a, a journey in order to try to uh, remediate and you know build trust with the dog and and try to like temper it and get to a point where a dog is no longer you know. Uh, aggressive and so there's no way that after a few days while on vacation that graham is fine like he didn't just need to chill out in tahoe and crush some coors light with uh with, i think that would uh, work Tom for me but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the people that are making this out to be Puppygate 2.0 and using it as a way to like further bully raquel i think they can they can rotten hell. Rot 
<laughs> sure. I know nothing about it, but I co-signed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. This is uh, this has been a blast, Sean. Do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Um, find me Sean's haircut on the internet, and I think coming very soon, you can find me on a podcast called The Devil You Don't, which I'm sure Dylan will mention something about. Yeah, Dylan, let's let's hear about this. Yeah, I, I guess I should start uh, promoting it eventually. I don't know when it'll premiere yet, but but me and Sean earlier this evening where where we're, where we're sitting down together in a recording session, and I basically just like told him a whole bunch of details about a totally obscure like literary controversy from like colonial New Jersey. And the best part is, I'm going to brand it as a cryptozoology podcast, guaranteeing that I'll piss off like 98 percent of everybody who clicks on it. So keep your uh, your your eyes and ears open for the devil you don't uh, coming at at some point soon, probably in a few weeks. Awesome, looking forward to that. Um, that's been Bravo Outsider for this week. You can find us on Instagram at Bravo Outsider. We're on YouTube at Bravo Outsider. We're on Twitter at Bravo underscore Outsider. It's called We're X on now. Threads. Oh, it's on. Yeah, you're right. It is. We're on X at Bravo <laughs> underscore Outsider. We're on Threads at Bravo un- Bravo Outsider. Just you'll find us. <laughs> Just fucking uh, Google it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. How hard is this shit? <laughs> Go to our website, bravooutsider.com and we've got links to most of those platforms. Uh, but subscribe to us on YouTube so that you don't miss an episode when it comes out. We'll be posting some clips throughout the week. And until next week, keep on wifey. Until next week, steak. <laughs> 